Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Facebook Live. We are live on Facebook and live to the world on this podcast by the medium of sound. So thank you very much for and listening. Video. And video. And video as well. Yes. Which you can find uh, on our Facebook page. Um, you can comment there and post your questions and thoughts and we can react to it at, during the podcast. Uh, same goes Twitter at Rugby Podcast. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um had a nice weekend, gents. Wearing more lion stash today, I see, Phil. Double lion stash today. I've got my lion's polo Ooh, underneath. Right. A collar pop. Nice. Yeah, naturally. Um, good week. I've just watched a lot of rugby, to be honest. It's been pretty quiet. Um, I've also booked a holiday to South Africa in yep. March, April time. Have you actually booked it? I've actually, uh, I was with JB before, paid for the flights. A little uh, bit a peculiar that a grown man would choose to go on his honeymoon to South Africa, same time that his mate is in South Africa, in well. the same city for the Jags game. We might have. I might have ah. arranged a little bit of crossover with mine and JB's itinerary, yes. so we're both in Durban. Oh, for the I'm shark, so jealous! For the sharks versus the Jags. Oh, man. Happy marriage! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, that's. Uh, well, maybe that will come up in conversation. There's so much to talk about. Uh, we have got. Um, well, was it a major co- correction for Leicester Tigers? Um, the other Avicii Premiership Pro 12, a discussion of the first weekend of the new tackle laws that have come in from World Rugby, some just genuinely brilliant rugby, a few more transfer rumours, a game, a couple of games in fact, and Richard Cockrell to Toulon. That and more, and as I say, if you want to contribute, uh, Facebook and at Rugby Podcast, tweet and comment right now uh, if not do so after the pod if you're listening to this after the pod and uh, and we can keep the conversation going through the week but let's get hands in and pod on three one two three pod, pod. this is the egg chasers rugby podcast the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously we're just three mates that love the game and jabber on about it every week and thank you very much for listening we really appreciate it thank you as well for your reviews thanking you in advance for just taking a moment out of your time going to iTunes leaving a five star review like Stu Pack has done who says hear me now believe me later this is the best rugby pod out there a hobby league standard from two straight yeah. talking egg chasers and one sail sharks and sail sharks <laughs> is number one fan who Phil <laughs> um, and yeah so thank you very much um, for leaving your five star reviews really appreciate it right uh, where should we start? I think we should start with clearly what what we have to agree is the biggest game of the weekend. Oh, I couldn't a huge game, huge game, loads of points. Yeah, uh, Leinster Zebra. Yeah, I mean, why else would you go and rest all of your players if it wasn't for all of your players against one of your local? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, your yeah, local yeah. I mean, rivals. All, I mean, it's this is such a big game. It's bigger than playing 
Munster, when you are when they are top and you are second, and it's over Christmas and it's a home derby. That's how that's how big this game was. And so Leinster they, rested all their players for that insignificant game against Munster, uh, table topping rivals. They rested all their players but played them all against Zebra. So this is clearly the biggest were, and, game of the weekend. And they were right to do so. I, I think the points back this up. There were I think over seventy points. Yeah. So there were. There were over 70 points, 70 of which were scored by Leinster. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, and they know. couldn't have managed that without all of those frontline players. Quite incredible scenes. Quite they... incredible scenes. Uh, but, you know, the good news is we don't have to talk, talk about the uh, Pro 12 again. Uh, this <laughs> podcast. I think Ulster Scarlets, unfortunately for Phil, yes, might, we will might talk come about, up again. Um, yes. uh, Ulster Scarlets. We should really kick off with the first game of the weekend which was Bath versus Newcastle. Well, there was a couple of absolutely cracking games uh, this weekend. In fact, there's loads of brilliant rugby to talk about. Um, and this was well, this was a highlight in, as a game of rugby, as an 80 minutes. Yeah, brilliant and very good performance by Newcastle right from the off. Mm. Um, their first half, and particularly Joel Hodgson, who controlled the yeah. game massively. Some of his kicking out of hand. The big difference between his kicking, particularly in the first half, and George Ford's kicking... Uh, and Anthony Watson did a bit, bit of kicking, was his ability to find grass. And mm. uh, Ford and Watson continually found Newcastle's back three, and he just kept finding grass and kept Bath pinned back in their own 22. i tell you what else he does incredibly well, is he sells that little dummy. Uh, and he's, he's all, I mean, what is he? Maybe nine and a half stone? <laughs> and he continually <laughs> breaks tackles. Yeah, he had a... He was, Man of the match, deservedly so. I do like his story, performance. and I think Newcastle have done this a couple of times now, which is they let the player go. The player isn't quite as good as they thought that he might be. Kieran Brooks being one, Mickey Young's been another, yep. Joel Hodgson being the latest. They've done it with Rory Clegg, although it turns out he actually wasn't, wasn't that good. That good. Uh, and they come back, and they do well. Uh, Joel Hodgson is, is just the latest, and I, I love seeing him do well, because obviously it didn't go quite his way down in Northampton. Northampton, yeah. So, yeah, incredibly impressive. But I think the best thing about it was, again, this is starting to become a little bit of a pattern at the moment. Teams going down, but not being out of reach. So I think Newcastle were were two scores away. And as soon as they got that other score with with about 10 minutes to go, it it, it was on. So when Uh, you say two scores away, Bath scored three times at the start of the first half to turn it completely around from Newcastle dominance. Sorry, three times at the start of the second half, and then Newcastle fought their way back into it. George Ford's kicking played a bit, played an important <laughs> role when you look back in retrospect. Um, although there's one, there's one thing I want to bring up in, in, in relation to that is some, and I'm not going to paint everyone with the same brush, but some Newcastle Falcon fans mm. not respecting the kicker. Right. Can Didn't we, like that. Can we get off Mount Pius about respecting kickers? It's not important. All right, okay, so it's not respecting kickers then. What I would say is it's respecting the game's traditions. No, not Because actually, yeah, actually no. I would say that it's silent, complete silence, having been at Leicester no, Tigers. No. Uh, having been at Leicester Tigers, let me tell you, complete silence is more intimidating it's weird. than yeah, noise. Yes, yes. No, okay. So, but we, respect the traditions of the game no, then. No, no, because we're starting to get somewhere here. The tradition of the game depends on where this game has been played. If you want to build your tradition that everyone gets a little drum and beats it as the as the kicker runs up, that that will be your business. If your tradition as a club is to stay silent, stay silent. But I actually quite like the individual characters. Well, I will judge you depending <laughs> yeah. on which tradition your club chooses. I, I particularly be, don't... No, no, because no one said that, did they? In 
a timely reference, uh, the South Africa World Cup <laughs> when um, when South Africa went the Yanni De Beer drop drop goal one. Um, not Yanni De Beer drop goal the one. The one where they won it, they made a film yeah, about it. Joel yeah, against, against yes, Stransky? New Zealand. They were, they made Stransky a noise nothing. right to suck the ball through the posts. Do you, do you remember that? No. So whole, all the crowd would go <laughs> to suck the ball through, but only the people directly behind the goal, presumably. Well, I mean that would make sense, but I think they all got carried away. <laughs> so yeah, so, so they're sucking so, from all yeah, directions. Yeah. So, so, the net, so the net, so the net effect was, was actually zero. Yeah, it was actually neutral. <laughs> but the point is that was a that was a little tradition. It wasn't silent from the kicker. It doesn't matter. Another and that, another another sound element. I'll just quick, oh no, sorry, you sound like you're going to carry on on that one. For... I was just going to say I particularly don't like the Argentinian tradition of shining a laser pen in the kicker's eyes. <laughs> well, when like, like, to take uh, it. We mustn't judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing at Kingston Park is the PA uh, and match announcement. The, the PA system and the match announcer unbelievably loud and he's, was everyone at Kingston Park parked illegally because <laughs> there was just never ending car announcements <laughs> I don't know I wouldn't have left to go and move my car anyway with the game as tense as it was unless but, I was George Ford I, I, I did wonder if that yeah. might have been David Flatman's car because he is sponsored by Range Rover <laughs> <laughs> um John Welsh, chip kick, what a hero, oh. what a hero. The line break was incredible. Yeah, yeah I, from I a tight head prop. To, to take contact or just keep the ball in hand, just do something. He should, yeah, he should have grubbed it. No, you've got 19 stone running full pell at a 14 stone fullback. Don't just mean to kick keep, them. Keep running, just keep going. Yeah. Worst that's going to happen, you're going to make an extra 10 yards after contact. Yeah. yeah. He, no, I, he should have gone for the grubber or... Completed this chip kick. The other, the other Falcons player that deserves a mention on the ba- on the basis of Friday night's performance. You mentioned Joel Hodgson. Oh, there was a few. Nicky Nicky Gonover, Gonover was Wilson. just awesome. He's just he is so calm, isn't he? He yeah. has so much time. Yeah. He, how do he score this time? He picked the ball up from the back of the ruck and casually strolled over the line. Yeah. Well, no, it was a Waldock pass, wasn't it? Waldock break. Was, it, was that pass. last week that he picked up the ball and strolled over the line? Yeah. And it, it, but it was the step and the finish. Just it's just so nonchalant to mm. to step whoever the last defender was and just casually dot the ball. Well, down. I mean, you could argue without Gonover and without Rocco, there probably wouldn't have been much of a game going on. <laughs> no, those two contributed Bath, pretty Bath, much everything. My God, they miss Foto Ali so much. There was a big drop in class to Allinson. Yeah, um, who, completely. Who didn't, who didn't have a great game. The one thing I love, it was very much like the Newcastle versus Bath was just. I think highlighted just purely by the front rows on the Newcastle side you had no neck no hairstyle no nonsense <laughs> and Bath you had a top knot the the extravagant yep, swagger in Bath side come to town and, and Newcastle just the, the hard work I, I've got to say yeah Scott Lawson actually was very impressed some of the hits he put in were tremendous but, uh, one of the things I noticed about the Bath squad before they went out when the team was announced on Friday is they've still got quality throughout the squad it's not a bad team but you know when you start just chipping away at certain positions, so you got Allison in instead of Khan, you had Ellis going to the back row again, you had Tom Dunn playing. Now, Tom Dunn's a very good young player, but he's not a seasoned international. He's not a seasoned international. Tom, Tom Dunn did actually stand out for me in the game for his work mm. rate. Oh, he's, he's very, very good. Well, do you know, how, do you know how many good. tackles he made? Don't know, gone. He made nine more than any other man on the pitch. He made 25 wow. tackles. Wow. Which is that's a Jack Berger level. Yeah, yeah for a front row particular is incredible. So yeah, uh, I, I, just I, they, they were I want to weak. mention one thing about a Bath player that I, I made a note of. JJ has mag- totally magical oh. feet, but uh, uh, he treats the ball like it's a giant kidney stone. He just does not want to pass it. 
Yeah, very good. <laughs> He's what, what? Pass the ball, JJ. <laughs> anyway, and and also another thing I noticed: Luke, Luke Charter is on a laptop at half time. Did it? In the, when yeah, just yes, doing, doing a bit of Snapchat and uh, <laughs> doing, doing some emails. <laughs> Email. <laughs> some emails. Yeah. I was really so so Newcastle. Can they get into the top six? Is a question. It's a great question. I I would want to say yes. I think on the form that they've shown, they could do it. Yeah, they've got no. I mean, the, the they've last... got no U- European challenge going on really, have they? Or unless they progress through the group stages and start taking it seriously. But there's nothing to worry about there. They've got an advantage over most other teams that come to town because they've got the plastic, plastic. pitch. They've yep. got Saracens out, out the way now. Well, their last three games have been Saracens, Wasps, Bath, who at the start of that run were the top three. Mm. And they've picked up seven points, mm. which is more than most teams will get against those three. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason why not. I just wonder if one of two things... A, their squad won't, won't be deep enough if they pick up a few a, a few injuries. Yeah. And if whatever they're doing now is fairly novel, if other teams start to work it out in the analysis. And those, that, those yeah. are two big threats. The analysis, they're both good points, actually, because a couple of injuries. You lose Sacchino. Oh. Um, you lose someone like Mark Wilson. He must be in you for lose a big Gonover. deal uh, sometime soon. Who? Sacchino. So there must yeah. be people out there looking at him either from France or even from, like, Haguaras. Oh, he's get he's, yeah. he's 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 been around, played Rotherham, Nottingham. He's um, outstanding. And then yeah, no, no, yeah. he's been good. He, he um, went to Italy for a couple of seasons, so he's been a sort of job, jobbing I, solid I player. I seem and then... to think he's about twenty six, maybe yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, so I would say. Know, still plenty of time for him. He's playing oh, fantastically. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Good. Uh, Jack on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Why doesn't a Falcon make the EPS, the England EPS? Um, yeah, we talked about Mark Wilson last week. Yeah, he'd be worth a shout. Um, as a back row for sure. Uh, I don't. I, elsewhere, I'm not entirely sure who I would sort of go. They're better than what's there. No, I they've got the a lot of one. good. They've got a lot of good players, but not too many truly outstanding players. Mm. Alex Tate and Waldock and Marcus Watson are all good, solid players. Yeah, Marcus Watson is an interesting one. Rumoured to be off to Wasps. Yeah, mm. a little bit older, very, very fast. I think with wingers, it's kind of what they do off the ball rather than. Because yeah. we all know that yeah. they can do stuff on the ball. Well, we, you need to ha- actually yeah. look at the tape and work out totally. where his flaws are. Totally. So, yeah, well done, Newcastle. Again, if, if they, they could get top six, we're all agreed they could. They're, they're, they're four f- points off fifth place at four, the moment. Yeah, they could. If they did. That would be a massive achievement, but I'm not sure what it would actually mean next year. It might end up much like more South money? Sharks with them. Uh, yeah, possibly. That's what it means. It means it more might, money to, bu- to build a Premiership squad. It might mean and that that might be the only means to it because I can't see them just like Sale haven't managed to actually once they achieve that status in the Champions Cup, being able to spin both plates no. domestically yeah. and in Europe. You, you often see in football as well. Football's famous for someone yeah. getting into the Champions League or Europa. And then be in in twelfth, fifteenth position the next season because you can't, you don't have the squad depth to fight on both fronts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, well done Newcastle and Bath. Well, that's a really bad run of games. So they've, they've got. Yeah. They've, and if George Ford had slotted his kicks, they would have won. Oh yeah. There's another thing on this. Blackadder was asked the most ridiculous question, something along the lines of, "Is George's father or him leaving making him miss kicks?" Basically. <laughs> It was like I can't remember if it's either because his dad's not there is he missing kicks or I mean this is, is, an, is it, I mean, this is an adult man you know if he he's not thinking about his dad when he's uh, making <laughs> kicks or it was either that or it was 
is the transfer speculation affecting his kicks? And again, he's not weighing up the offers on the table from sale. Um, not right that second. Yeah, not that second. So it's just such a ridiculous. Oh, question. you can. Uh, well, I don't. I don't. No, you can't. You can't, Tim. I mean. I, I think that would be a really logical, uh, bearing in mind I'd be the person holding the microphone, I would think if George Ford, England's fly half, has an off day on the first week that players are officially allowed to talk to clubs and he's been heavily linked no. with uh, with a move away to Bath and Bath have confirmed that he's handed in, he's he signalled his, his intention to not see out his option, then I understand that that would, that would be a relevant question. Uh, England's, yeah. England's number one fly half has an off day. And there's all this stuff going on around it. Isn't causation? No, but it, well, it no, is, but it's, it's a but... good way of asking that question yeah. of kind of Trojan horse in that questioning, rather than just saying, "Where's Where's George going? What's happening?" Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, um, where, where, where do you want to go to next, Philip? Well, the, my other favourite game of the weekend yeah. was the one this afternoon, mm. Sunday afternoon, Wasps versus Leicester, which was. Uh, well, a tale of two halves, very much the old, the, the old cliche. Yeah. Well, hang on. Before we get into this, there's been a lot of interviews with Aaron Major this week. Is Aaron Major making? Is Aaron Major acting too solemn about the departure of Cockers? I, I would almost say the opposite. Did you not hear his interview the other day where he kind of said uh, we we just I was saying black, he was saying white. Uh, we I've... were completely disagreed on the fundamentals yeah, but there's of the way lots our of, like, team should be Heavy playing. breathing, you know, looking at the floor. He's probably just yeah. fed up with being asked the same question over and over again. I think um, I think that I've I love how Richard Cockrell's dealt with it. He, he was magnanimous and really honest, and he yeah. he was even there yeah. the, on the day that he left. It, it wasn't that he just went right. Was someone going to collect my stuff? He went. He said hello. He said goodbye to every player, including he, a ten-minute conversation with Major. With Major, yeah. shook hands, no hard feelings. So he's handled it brilliantly. Do you and, think they can really get on well personally? I mean, I, I'm sure they're both adults, but I just don't know. I, I'm not sure. I I'd be man, I'd be man enough to still maintain a good personal relationship. The word from both camps is. They always got on brilliantly because they, they've known each other for years as well. They've always got on brilliantly personally, but the the difference was the fundamental direction that they wanted, the strategy, and the game plan that they wanted for I'd that team was fundamentally yeah. different. Mm. So mm-hmm. I, I would say all the noises and from what we can see, it it's exactly that they get on very well, but they want to take it in different directions and they just they could not get over that barrier. And, and I like the honesty of it because it would have been... No, we'd have been sat here going, well, they've fudged that a little bit, haven't they? Just it, paper, papered over it and just if or swept it under the carpet if Aaron Major had gone, no, no, there was no disagreement in the way we talked. Everything was fine. We just... Uh, it would have been... No, I just think it's really honest. Yeah, what do you like, think, you're allowed to disagree professionally with someone. What do you think yeah. Aaron Major needs to do to keep his job at the end of the season? Or do you think it is his job for the next season? No, I don't think. I think that's one of the reasons they've done it now, because to look for someone else. Be, no, well, to give them that flexibility, whereas they've give got major a, time. Give, and... ma- give major an opportunity, but you're not tying yourself to that option. Do you know who? Yeah. The, you can see who else is about, and if major works or not. So, do you know who the name is making the round for some post in Leicester's rugby department? Go on, Martin Johnson. Yeah, I've heard yeah. That. This is an awful suggestion. Ah, see, I, I'm not sure it is. Oh, come on. So, I mean, so Martin Johnson had his time at, at England. He's not a coach. No, he's never, he's never done coaching. 
But he can be, because of his experience and his leadership quality, he can be the bigger picture guy. And you can leave Major to do the coaching. Yeah, but what is the bigger picture guy? Do... I, mean, I don't think it's... I don't, see, this is where... Well, no, but I, I think Leicester's a really unique club in this sense. Look, they have tried to separate themselves from that traditional Leicester DNA of someone who's got the history with the club as a player. They have tried to do that before with Heineke Meyer and the what was the um Lazada no. Oh Mario Lafreda. Lafreda. No, is it Mario Lafreda? Uh, I just made that up. It might be. It's definitely Lafreda. Lafreda. Yeah so do you want to know a story uh, about well, Lafreda? No, but so okay. those those two opportunities they tried to take a different type of direction. Both times it doesn't work. I think there's something about Leicester where someone who's got that kind of DNA running through them makes a big difference and I think I agree with Phil that I think if you can draw the line yeah so it's no it's your ship and I'm just going to oversee and will ag- they they'd have to agree on the yeah. philosophy for it to work uh, okay so there is a lot to be said for embracing your history definitely but actually when you say the bigger picture guy the bigger picture guy has got even more responsibility on him and more complex tasks than the actual coach himself you know, you're going to have uh, things like, well, the first and, first and foremost, you're in charge of picking the players uh, from uh, from other clubs and, um, and then things like salary cap. These now are jobs for professionals. It is not you bring back the ex-captain who is a good guy who can give a rousing speech. And as for leadership qualities, it doesn't work like that because you're either a director of rugby dealing with the numbers or you're a coach dealing with the... You know, with the players, you can't be a director of num- a d- director of rugby and then walk into the change room and give a, r- a rousing speech. Th- this no. this role just doesn't exist. But you can because they're not the director of rugby is never completely detached from the players, but he j- doesn't do the day to day coaching. Mm. It, it's, it, it all depends where you define those boundaries. So if I was a head coach, I wouldn't want a, the director of rugby anywhere near the team. If I was doing the day to day coaching and, and picking of the side, you can you can't be both. I think well, it will it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I don't think I'd, I'd like to I mean, see it. By, by all, like Ben Kay is a, is a board member, I think, at Tigers. Is he? Yeah, so I can see like you know, some, you know something like that for Martin Johnson, sure, but you know, not a director of rugby. rugby. I, I think it's a step too far. Now, what's your Lafreda story, Marcelo? Oh yeah, Marcelo, Marcelo Lafreda. Yeah, apparently when he came, um, the his most frequent drill was Canterbury Squares. Which one's Canterbury Squares? So do you know like you've got you know you kind of line up opposite people. Uh, and so then the, you run corner to corner. Corner to corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they're all like under uh, mini rugby drills. <laughs> yeah. Truck, truck and trailer, that yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. The, apparently, they did this for hours on end. Uh, <laughs> there was no strategy, no nothing. And after six months, he got fired. Yeah, and it's not game specific, that kind no. of stuff as well. It doesn't relate. <laughs> it's, it's okay to get your hands warmed up. But <laughs> anyway, Lafreda. So, there you go. So but the game. The game, the game, the game, yeah. Oh yeah, but there's a game, wasn't there? There was a game. <laughs> there was, and what a game! Uh, yeah, it was. It was played played at some pace. I mean, straight from the off, uh, <laughs> it was it was just relentless. Um, kind of looping back to what I said earlier about Newcastle keeping Bath within range. I I think the biggest criticism here is on Wasps. Yes, they won it, but I don't think they were far enough out of range. I don't think for all the praise about their great rugby, and it is great rugby. They didn't get enough points po- points from it. In fact, I look at it as kind of like a fighter that had punched themselves out. And then second half, they were just hanging on. Yeah, they were. They played that first half at a million miles an hour. But the way they played was it was high risk. It was offloading. It was out the back door. It was spreading it wide right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And it paid dividends. They scored three tries. 
But for all that territory and possession, they could have, could have scored more and they had a few opportunities that they knocked on and they had yeah. turned over the, the ball deep into Leicester's 22. So, yeah, it's a very good point. They could have been, if they'd finished off two more chances that they created, could have been completely out of sight. Yeah, I think first off they should have been in about five... They should have run in about five tries. But the, but the, the half-time team talk for Major, his first sole team talk, and they were getting absolutely pumped well, in that first half. Yeah, They had very little attacking ball that they did anything consistently with. It was all wasps, wasps three tries to nil at that stage. And Leicester turned it around tremendously. I wonder... Okay, well, yeah, Leicester have not been a good defensive team all, all year. Nope. I mean, that's fair to say. Um, I've forgotten where, where, where I was going to go with this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when it panned over to Major uh, in, his little B, in his little BT break when they put the mic in his face, he said something very telling, which he thinks he, they were all right with ball in hand, just like Sale. And <laughs> it's because of that, because they still have that, that attacking game. Uh, that that um, uh, uh, that they're okay. So I think actually, from for the new major st- style of rugby, all they need really is just that tightening up on D, and that and that will basically be it. At rugby podcast, Tom Dow on Twitter says, "Will Christian Wade's finishing slash speed ever be enough to outweigh his defensive frailties for England?" Well, it already has. I mean, whether it will be enough for Eddie Jones, I don't, I don't know. No, for me. I, we've we've seen him score some tremendous tries, and he's so what, dangerous. What if though, but right? He well, you mentioned it a couple of weeks. He, he is feast and famine. Yeah, and that, he was completely anomalous for the whole of that second half after being excellent in the first half, and he's done it for whole games and games on end this season. He scores six tries and then does nothing for three games. And since he's come back, Jack Knowles just shown what a complete attacking and defensive winger does. Jack Noel, Rocket Aguni. Anthony Watson will be interesting oh, to see Rocco when Dugui's he's back. Rocco step was just filthy. Yeah, Rocco Dugui was incredible. Yeah, he is. Uh, best player on the Leicester team today? McCaffrey. Yeah, probably. McCaffrey was very good. Close? Uh, hmm. Dan Cole did very well until his stupid yellow card, both in the tight and in the loose. Ellis Genge was exceptional. Ellis Genge was Genge showing what... He needs to show to be an international loser. Yeah, no, we had this discussion watching the game. Is it time to move on from Marcus Iotza? Free up some, free up some, cal- some calorie room. Yes. Uh, <laughs> D- Dean Luxford. <laughs> room. Dean Luxford tweeted at Rugby Podcast just a moment ago. What? What? Um, Ellis Genji's performance today. He looked like a potential superstar. Yeah, he's uh, he's looking better. He's looking great. His work rate was. Absolutely outstanding. It's still baffling why, why Bristol wanted to get rid of him. I mean, I'm yeah, sure, I, wonder if we'll ever I'm sure, the... I wonder if we'll ever find out what yeah. went on there. Hmm. Your suggestions to our rugby hmm. podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom Brady had a great game today. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady worked very, very hard. His little chip and chase was very good as well. Yeah. He, he, he played very well. Brady. So uh, we can't judge Leicester yet, but there are some promising signs in terms of their attitude. But again, it's still a, it's still a loss on the road. Wasps, again, keep the wagons rolling and are still top of the Avicii Premiership. So fair 19, play. 19 games at the Rico unbeaten in all competitions. Very impressive. Wasps. Very impressive. And... Well, that's only the second point that they've dropped at home this season, as in... Wow! So, out of a potential uh, seven games, so so 35... So, 19 games, so that would be... Oh, no, this season. So, the the 19 is a consecutive 
But this season in the Premiership, they played seven games at home, I think. So potential I think, I think, I think it's the same score for the calendar year. I think it's the same for the calendar year. They've all they've got they've only twice now have they not got but a bonus try point. bonus try. So it's like a hundred and something points out of anyway. That was the calendar year twenty sixteen. So yeah, yes. obviously that uh, only happened once then. Anyway. Um, do you, do you want to keep talking about games? Do we want to move on to uh, if, if we if we go into Saracens and then off the back of that bring up uh, the first weekend of the new protocols? The new protocols, the world yeah. directives, directives. Yeah, okay. On the tackle, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's quite rare that you draw a game and feel like you've won, but Saracens it's just. I mean, uh, yeah. it was quite good. Alex Anderson, who we've talked about before, is a very good talker. He just said he's endlessly surprised and proud at at the at how tough mentally that that team is, and and they showed their yeah. I think again. I think I think he's uh, deservedly proud too. The yeah. So the thing I talk most out of this game is what great shape England are in, because they've got two players who I am now starting to think are basically one one and the same. Would you, would, you, uh, would would you like to guess who? Two players that are one and the same. Yeah, as well, in yeah, they are very they are um, they're doing very similar things. Yeah, Lazowski and Slade. Lazowski and Slade. Um, I would say no. I, I actually don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Todgy and Noel, right? Uh, they they mm, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Todgy and Noel. Okay. They are both playing positions which don't generally affect the game that much, but between the two of them, they are influencing games so inc- so incredibly well. Uh, I said last week I can't remember seeing a second row influence the game quite as much as Itoji. I'm thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not sure I've seen a winger influence the game quite as much as Jack Jack Noll oh, over the last I, few against, weeks. I was going to say particularly the game at the wreck. Yeah, once or twice is fine but to do it time and time again and the other par- parallel that I'll draw, draw between the two of them is they might not be the best at their actual position as in like he might um, Noel might not be the fastest Toji's not the biggest they might not be the best specialist lock or wing but as general rugby players they are both absolutely outstanding mm. and another good thing about the, t- the two of them another parallel their decision making, their intelligence, and in all kinds of different situations, you see them reading the game mm. and just almost knowing where to be before anyone else would, and reacting before anyone. Another else would. parallel: they both look better without facial hair. Um, so Jack will <laughs> yeah. sort it out. Um, they both wear scrum caps. Although wasn't Maro Itoji wasn't wearing a scrum cap, was he? He wasn't. Was he for not? the whole game? It was definitely towards the end. Maro with a scrum cap is better than Maro without a scrum cap. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. From, from his performance, De- definitely, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely learned that. I also think the other thing that this might lead to for both of them is maybe a position change uh, to get more involved in more things. So Maro well, to the back row. Yeah, they're both. Noel. They're both versatile as yeah. well. I don't want no. We talked about this last week. I don't want Noel at fullback. No, I tend to agree with you there. Yeah, I I would also agree. He's got more license to roam. Yeah, yeah to pop up where he needs to, yeah. which he invariably does yeah. uh, when he's playing wing. Hmm. Anything so, controversial in this game? Anything happened that was controversial, <laughs> or any sort of other talking point? Hmm. So it was a draw, and it's weird Exeter coming away from Allianz Park with two points. I think they would have taken that before the game. Yes, but, but they'll see it as an opportunity missed, no question. Um, the red card then. Uh, so, firstly, we hope 
we all hope Jeff Parling's okay. He'll be fine. And he was good to see him up and about on the bench after being he, stretched yeah. off. The worrying thing about Jeff Parling is he has a concussion history yeah. as well. He does. So yeah. I just remembered. He does. Yeah. Um, secondly, I think it's worth pointing out that we all, with our diff- maybe we all we, we will all have slightly differing opinions on the on the new tackle laws and all the rest of it. I think we all appreciate the intention. The intention is to make the game safer. No, it's not. Uh, well, 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 well. We we hope. No, it's not. That what's motivated all this is an intention to make the game safer and player welfare. I do worry and wonder if there's a little bit more going on than just player welfare, quote unquote, and if it's actually trying to minimise future lawsuits. Um, but we can't. That's only speculation. Yeah, so. yeah. So what do you for, mean? What do you mean? Purposes, what do you mean when you say that it's not? It's not. Um, this is not about uh, player welfare. It's very similar. It's about being seen to care about player welfare. It, they're, they're, they're two completely different things. It's like, um, you know, the the law hasn't just... I can't remember the actual saying something like, uh, the law isn't just to be done, it's to be seen to be done. Okay, And that's what this is. Uh, oh, I completely it, it, disagree No, no, that. this is not making the game safer in any in, in any way. Well, but, no, no, just because it's not, it doesn't mean the intentions no, aren't to do it. it absolutely does. Okay? So you think their intentions what, what? are not to make the game safer? It's absolutely right. I think the the intention what? is to be seen to be making the, but making the game safer. But not actually make it safer. Oh, no, I'm sure, I'm sure if they thought that what they were doing would also make the game safer. I'm sure oh, they're not. On, I, I don't think they're, th- they're proactively saying, let's not make it safer. Okay, well, okay, well, let's just, we're speculating on, on <laughs> oh, what, what potential lawsuits just, there might be down well, the road and how we, that might motivate yeah. different decisions. Let's just assume then, for the purpose of this, let's just assume it's the, there's nothing more to the reason to bring these in now, mid-season, mm-hmm. other than purely player welfare and nothing else, and that's it. Yeah. So, uh, and we're but, we're, but we're we all, we're all in, play, hang on, sorry. We, we all understand, and we're all on board no, 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 with that. But we know it's as not an intention. We know it's not player player well player, player welfare. What they're doing as an employer is taking reasonable reasonable steps within you know within the sports to 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 reduce risk. It's basically just you know an employment thing. Okay. But, Let's put that to one side. So, um, <laughs> Jeff Parling's got into contact. Um, he has uh, clocked a. Uh, a face full of fist, fist and forearm. Fist and forearm, not not intentionally from Brad Barrett, carelessly on Brad yeah. Barrett's part. Reckless is the right word there. Uh, it, yeah, it it, do, it it is by the very definition of world rugby's reckless. It is reckless. Yeah. but but yeah. Okay, so firstly, uh, let's let's also just draw some lines under this on the basis of the new directives. Yeah, it was a red card for on the basis of the old directives. Richard Barrington. No, 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 Whoa. no. On the basis of the new directives, it is a red card for Richard Barrington, and the referee made the right decision—the only decision that was available to him, given mm. the evidence that he saw. Yes, actually, I think you're right there. I think so, you're right. Well, you've got there's two incidents, and there's two questions for me. One is, did the ref apply the law correctly? And two, then, which is probably the question that you two want to get into, is, is the law correct? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, could, I think, yeah. I think so the law had had has been applied correctly. Yeah. So first, oh, yeah. first, so question. first, first question. First question. Has, yeah. First question. Has the law been applied correctly yeah. for the for the Barrington incident? Yeah. It was uh, ignoring everything else. It was no arm, shoulder to the head. That is a red card. Yeah. yeah. So it it was applied correctly. I wouldn't describe it as no arm. The but ref described it as the no ref arm. described the it as ref, no described ref, described it. ref on the so, so, so we're sat doing so the, well. the referee's assessment thing, going, "Yes, that was the correct decision, and you applied the law correctly. Well done, tick." 
Um, the other part of the incident, before we get to the second yeah. question, is the Barrett. Uh, now, now he didn't ign- he didn't ignore that and say there's nothing to see with the Barrett thing. What he actually said to his TMO is, "I'm going to focus on the more severe yeah. action." So he didn't say Brad Barrett has got nothing. He said, "I'm only going to give one card here, and it's going and this most serious one I need to deal with is Barrington." So, yeah, I would actually disagree with that as in the I think the yeah. Barrett one was the more serious one but I'm, I'm happy the, the there Barrett wasn't two red ca- cards the Barrett one causes the second one in, in my mind yeah it kind of knocks think, him off of his step mm. well I, I think the, I've watched I think Parling was, do, going, do was know, going into a crouch position anyway the big anyway. the big difference is and the new directives I believe it's right because the Barrington yeah, we're, accidental we're, yeah, yeah, we're all, we're yeah. All under the old directives I think the red belongs to uh Belongs to Barrett because I, I don't think Barrett. I, I don't think Barrett would have been given a red card before this weekend. Oh, I think he well, would. No well, way. No well, way. Well, absolutely would have. We've seen. We have seen similar ones in the past. Yeah. We saw. 100% we saw red. the Hartley one. Yeah. A few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. If Hartley's a red. If Hartley's a red, that's a red. And we also saw the Luamanu one, which is the equivalent of the Barrington one, which eight weeks yeah. ago was a red card. And actually, the so we've, we've seen two. Would be, two would be. We've seen to be red. Yeah, we've seen two equivalent incidents under the old. Right. Okay. So, so the second question and the and the main one, and let, let's not try go too long about this. Yeah. But is the law correct? No. No. I I, I absolutely I emphatically say no. Absolute force. Uh, let's just think. There's, there's been Ellis. There's been Garvey. There's been Haskell. I think there's. Have I counted five concussions this weekend from players tackling low? Um, hips and knees. Hips and knees. Right. Hitting uh, heads. Now it doesn't take a genius. If someone with the low IQ of myself can sit here and say. Oh, hang on! Tackling low tends to knock out players. The higher ups in world rugby can also see tackling low knocks out players. It's far, far more serious. If they're worried about being seen to apply the law and being seen to make changes so they don't get sued, I would say quite, quite, quite the opposite. You're aware of the risks. You're aware of what happens when you tackle really, really low, and yet you still manage to implement a bunch of directives which have resulted in more concussions. Concussions will go up. Not down. This is the most cynical law change I think I've I've ever seen. I think misguided might be the cynical. right word. No, because well, no, these not... guys are far brighter than me, and this is what this, this is what they've come up with. They've reacted to the situation and they've put in place a law that may well increase the incident of yeah. concussion for the tackler, who mm. was already the most at risk party. Yeah, by by the world. Was it like seventy eight percent of concussions of, of the tackler? Uh, 72% it's ridiculous. occur to the tackler, yeah. not the tackled man. I mean, yeah. if anything, making shots a little bit higher would be a, little, would be a bit safer. And what I mean by that is things like, things like the choke tackle. By the way, well done, Ireland. I mean, if you want to get something banned, call it the choke tackle. <laughs> and while we're at it, why, why don't we call um, Jacqueline for the ball, I don't know, ball raping or something. You know? <laughs> if you want something banned, call it something stupid. Um <laughs> That, right. I mean, no one, no, there's no collision. You're, hold, uh, you're yeah. holding on. You're not, you're not butting heads, so on and so forth. There are very few concussions from uh, something like the choke tackle. Yeah, it's gone. I would put it like this, and let's bring in the because I think the one, the other, the other decision that's relevant to this particular thing is uh, Reedy for Ulster in the Scarlets Ulster game, where the I think it was Alex Davies, yep. the, yeah, the, the replacement, nine. the replacement scrum half, diving for a try. Alex Reedy, the covering defender, tackles Alex Davies at his, Reedy's, waist height. Yeah. But because Davies is diving for the line, that makes contact around the neck slash, oh. neck slash shoulder area. Um, 
if he if he doesn't make that tackle, it's a it's a score. If and he makes the tackle at his own waist height, he gets a yellow card penalty try. I don't know what else. I don't know what else really can do. And again, Bar- Barrington, it's very easy. And I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, he could have avoided that." I'm telling you, Barrington. If, if, if you've played the game, Barrington ha- cannot avoid no, that, that that contact. So, Barrington so I, I will just briefly say this: um, What's happened is we now have a set of laws where players can have honest intentions, cannot be reckless, can use an appropriate safe technique, can be coached to avoid situations that might result in these new laws being applied and try actively to avoid something like that happening and the outcome can still be a red card. That cannot be right and that's what we have. Yep. It's the recklessness that causes it though. If, if they are reckless... Reckless? How, what, Re- Barrington doesn't do anything reckless. He do, Because of his position. So he goes in with a shoulder... And yeah, where? But, if, oh, if, how else do you tackle? That's how, ta- that's how no, every tackle yeah, is made. But if, if Barrington is uh, ankle height or knee height or hip height, it's not. Yeah. Bar- Barrington, it, was, Barrington upright. was not upright. He, he was, was. He was upright. Parling. Parling. Parling was falling. Parling was was perpendicular. Yeah, was was see, horizontal. Is, no, Barrington from was up, waist. Barrington was still upright. Right, so this it is, was Parling's waist height. This is kind of where I'm. Height. I'm in between. Okay. Barrington will make the majority of his tackles because he's a big lad, not by diving at ankles and wrapping, by basically just going chest to chest and just yeah, wrapping. And, and that's, that's, that's what big lads do. Yeah, and, and he was—he wasn't actually, as got, the referee said, he yeah. was making—he was leading with the shoulder and making a forceful contact. Actually, Barrington's just a big bloke, and so he stopped piling yeah. dead. But actually, Barrington was not moving forward; he was static. Yeah, in the, a tackling the Barring, position. The Barrington one is is a bad example because yeah. of the incident because. Parlin was already concussed, or he was already unconscious by the time he hit Barrington. Yeah, I just hate this. I, I hate but it. The, re- the reedy one. So I, my, the thing I'm most concerned about is defending the try line. Yeah. And I was so pleased to watch the Bath-Newcastle game on Friday night yeah. where there was long periods of defence on both try lines and not a yellow card given. And players and attackers and defenders both going low. The reedy one, I think, is a bad example. Because it's not, because Reedy yeah. is out of position in two ways. One, he's offside. And, so, well, you can't make a tackle if you're offside. If you make yeah, a, yeah. if he makes a legal yeah, tackle, yeah, but that's no, for no, the, that's no. for the referee to judge offside. No, no, but if he makes a legal tackle from that position, it's a penalty try anyway, mm. because he's offside. He's out of the game. Yeah, exactly. But from yeah, the position that he's in, he the only way he can actually make contact is by the headshot. And so, because Alex Davies is because low, he's, he's, dive, he's, diving, he's, he's diving, diving for the line. For the line. Yeah, with it's his head like, first. It's like I'll give you an equivalent. Johnny May is accelerating away from you. The only not way you, happen. Well, maybe not you. Maybe me or Tim. He's accelerating <laughs> away from. He's accelerating from me or Tim. The only way we could stop him is a football full length lunge and trip him up. That's mm. the only way you can stop a try. Th- yeah. But you give away a yellow card and a penalty try. Do you, just, do you do it? No. no. Well, this the Reedy is exactly the same situation. No. It is because the only way he could stop the try was with a headshot. Yeah. Well, his... uh, what? No, the only way he could stop the try from the position that he was in, oh. from the position because so, he was so out I, of position. I, 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 it sounds like you're saying that Reedy was reckless. No, I'm saying. No. Well, he was reckless because he made a headshot. Yeah. Well, Phil, what's Phil, what Phil is saying mm. is it can't be stopped. That oh, yeah, that yeah. scenario, because Reedy, if Reedy was in a head-on position and he can dive at his leg, if he was in the right position. You can't stop it. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah. So, so you basically this... say you basically saying that the the it's Reedy's fault for not being 
fully onside and directly in front of the player no, that, really, that it was a penalty try. It's Reedy's fault. Yeah, for, for, yeah, for, for, yeah. For, the only way he could have stopped that try was a high tackle. It's not right, but that is exactly, exactly, exactly The right. only way yeah. he could have stopped right. that try was I'm an illegal con- act. I'm confused. Yeah. No, no, wait, what don't you understand about that? The only way he could have stopped that try was <laughs> yeah, an illegal I'm, I'm, act. I'm confused at what your point is. <laughs> the, the, there is no way out of this. That, no, that scenario is a really bad one. Yeah. And that's not the scenario that we we have been complaining about, about the tackles. Because there were lots of examples in the Bath Newcastle game where there were these players going head on, very yeah. low, that was refereed sensibly. I would say the penalties weren't uh, given. Yeah. Here's here's the major the, problem. The, the reedy one is very yeah. different to the rest of it. The 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 interpretations are going to be a nightmare for refs, and I don't envy them one bit. It's it, I think actually the people who've been screwed over the most are actually the officials after you deliver this awful directive. Uh, the second thing is just how token it is. You know, when they are so blowhardy and so sanctimonious, and say, uh, we want to say that the head is a is a no go area. Yeah, well done, congratulations. Well then, it, well then, let's it's let's, let's penalise yeah. attackers who so, who over. who like Jeff Parling did bend down head first. Yeah. Uh, into attack. I'm not saying that, but this is this is my point. This is my point. This is this is actually. I'm not saying that should happen for a second. But this is kind of my point. Is I don't know. So can we all agree that we're in favour of the new director? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I did. I did like uh, Dean Richards' take on it after the game. What was that? He said. Well, he said it's not new laws; it's new sanctions. And yeah. he, he he was kind of mm. uh, in his in his, justifying his position. He had a. Uh, a game that had been refereed very sensibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he said he doesn't think it'll have a major change. Don't, doesn't think it'll have a major well, impact. We can judge it a couple of months time. Yeah. I, I hope on the basis of this weekend. I think I'm with Mark McCall, where it's it, it could be it could it could to some degree wreck games and, it's and gonna the game. The biggest, so, it's going to so, increase concussions. So well, as as players, we're, we're, we've all played at, to, at varying levels, but we all we all as players. Top to bottom in any league, we put our trust in lawmakers and referees to minimise avoidable issues with safety. Yeah. Right. When lawmakers try and minimise unavoidable issues, then it changes the game in a way. And and I think you you saw this weekend in certain examples. You can't take away that there are there are some unavoidable risks yeah. and safety issues which you can't try if you try and put sanctions on them you ruin games and you we could be left with an overanalyzed husk of a game mm. um, and that that's what i'm worried about yeah as so, much as i do understand wanting to make get the game safe i think there's definitely a balance i think it's just gone way too far so referees watch the bath newcastle game watch the wasps um leicester game where the only Yellow card was for a cynical uh, slap out of uh, the nine's hand yeah. by Dan Cole. That was idiotic, M- moronic. Mor- yeah, moronic. It yeah. was. Well, we could have the era of like pick and go. Um, head oh, that would be. And, uh, you know and, what, and be, head down rugby. That would be glorious. You'd love it. That Not everyone glorious. else would love it. <laughs> yeah. It'd just be such a glorious kind of backlash. You know when they like it. It's one of these things. Do you know when they te- when they change tax law and they're like, right, so we've changed the tax law. Everyone will start paying tax, and then they come up with a completely new. Even worse tax loophole than you know the, the, than they did first time round, or yeah, you know, yeah. people stop going to work or something like that. This is what's going to happen. All the purists are going to say, "Oh, we'll have offloading rugby." Wrong. Well, no, that down. is what everyone thought. That's, yeah. that's what people were hoping. Oh, this is going to lead to offloading <laughs> rugby. I think it could it could lead to head down rugby a little no, bit. No, it's going to lead to five foot enormous head players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. picking and going. Yeah. I think Mark McCall's general thrust of his point is kind of where my sentiments at at the minute, and I think what he was getting at was. Let's not mess with the integrity of what in rugby a red card represents. And in rugby, 
in, in the, we've all grown yeah, up with a, with, with a red card representing foul play, deliberately dirty play, stuff that you think's vile, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I think possibly what's happening is it's, and I don't want to use the F word, football, but in the way that it has happened with football, what, what a red card represents is now very, very different to what it yeah. used to represent. And this I don't want to get there with rugby. I mean, it wasn't until I was about 16 and I'd been playing the game a few years, I even knew that cards existed. <laughs> I wasn't even sure that we had cards. So, yeah, you can anyway, put it right there. Yeah. So, so should we do something a bit lighter after yeah, that heavy stuff? Yeah. <sighs> so I've got, I've got a, who am I? How, do you know what? We both, we all, it makes us so angry. We all broadly uh, agreed, but we just like to shout at each other. Yeah. That's how angry we were. <laughs> you, sometimes you just need, need to feel that you're alive, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like you guys, but I'm going to take out the frustration on, on you, on both of <laughs> you. This is like, you know, uh, what was it, Ed Norton slash Brad Pitt had fight club. Oh, yeah. We, we, have, uh, we have egg chasers just to come and vent. Screw down to some... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Underground lair, love. Oh, it'll be a couple of hours. We'll be in the rugby dungeon. Uh, just getting it out of our system. What's our lighter activity, Phil? Right, I've got three, a trilogy of who am I's. <gasps> now, we've done these in the past where once you guess, you're out, but we're going to slightly change the rules. Mm-hmm. Once you make a guess, yep. the other person gets two free clues, then the opportunity to make a guess, right? and then it, you're back in. Uh, right, so it's now open. it's still an advantage to have an early guess. Potentially. Potentially, but yeah. the, the other player but you're not being penalised too badly. Yeah, you, yeah. Because otherwise you just wait till the end. That's yeah. a very, uh, very well-thought-out yeah. sanction. It's a very fair solution, isn't I'm it? Law- I like that law directive that you brought in for this. I'm a lawmaker. Right. First one. Okay. I am a former rugby union international. My wife, Mona, is a dentist. I was expecting Tim to get it on that one. I can or could bench press more than 150 kilograms. Eddie Jones once commented that I should be an Olympic sprinter rather than a rugby player. Bloody hell. I have played for the Bulls and Toulon. Tim. Yes? Uh, Extra University. Is it... it, um, is it Joan Smith? Incorrect. Damn it. Uh, what were the two teams? The Bulls and Toulon. Two guesses. Mm, okay. So you got two more clues. Okay. I have... No, he gets two guesses. Sorry. No, two more clues. Oh, right. Then a guess. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's even better oh. than what I thought. Two more clues. Yeah, two more clues, then a guess. I have more than 100 caps for my national team. Okay. I retired oh, no. after the 2011 Rugby World Cup. Um, uh, uh, so you get a guess. 2011. Uh, Quacky's Botha? 
Incorrect. Uh, I am Brian Habana. Incorrect. Oh, no! gets two more clues. <laughs> oh, no! After a two-year absence, I return to the game. Okay. I am a second row. Ah. Uh, what? Two-year absence? Uh, hang on. Have I not just said Victor Matfield? No. no. Said is back it, in... Oh, is it Victor Matfield? Victor Matfield is correct. Oh! <laughs> Thank God, I wasn't. Gonna, I was going to go with Danny, Danny Russo then. <laughs> one nil. Oh, one sorry, nil. Danny Russo. Hang on, which is Karate Kid? <laughs> Russo is the uh, <laughs> Russo is the South African and Toulon. Daniel Larusso. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, just a small spelling mistake, and it could be a very different match. <laughs> yeah. Larusso, you're on. What? <laughs> one nil to JB. Second question. Whew. I am a current international rugby player. I am considered quite big for my position. At six foot one and a hundred kilograms, hmm. I've spent time playing Super Rugby and in the top fourteen, amongst other leagues. Hmm. I made my international debut, aged nineteen, in two thousand and five. Which okay, quick bit of maths. I am the all-time leading point scorer for my nation. My hero and inspiration is not Jonathan Beardmore. Oh, okay, weird. It's Johnny Wilkinson, and I've had the opportunity to work with him as a kicking coach at Toulon. I became a household name during the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Well, hang on. Do you say he's big or small for his size? Uh, he's big for his position. Six foot one, 100 kg. But you don't know his position. Hundred. Uh. What? Uh, uh, okay. Tim, is it? Tim? It must be. It might, like I'm thinking top point scorer for your country. There can't be many people there. So JB knows. So, but he's not Lee Halfpenny's not that big. But Lee J- JB knows. JB knows. So Tim's guess Lee Halfpenny. She's wrong. Is incorrect. Just give me a few more clues. But I think I know where I'm going. So you got two more clues. Yeah. No, you've you've said. Oh, I know it is. I know who it is. I know who it is. Go on. I've got this one. No. Well, just if you're so confident, do it now. Okay. I am the tier two all-time record international point scorer. I'm not sure now. I was going to say. Oh, I know who it is. Oh, right. You'll, you'll, you'll guess. You'll Hernandez. Guess. Okay. Hernandez is incorrect. Oh, I, 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 I am. Know. I am Goromaru. Is correct. Oh, yes! God damn it. I was inspiration of my country's historic win against the Springboks of the 2015. <sighs> I play for Japan. I am. When did he play Ayuma. Super, Ford, Super Rugby? Played for the Reds. Of course, he, did he actually play? Yeah, he did. He played a handful of games God like he has done it. at Toulon. Oh, good one. So he's down to the final one. Tiebreaker. Come on. I am a former international rugby union player. Former. Standard. I won the majority of my caps in one position, but also 13 caps in a different position. Mm-hmm. Different positions or different position? Different position. Okay. I am from the Southern Hemisphere, Okay. but I have spent some time playing in Europe. When in Europe, I played in England as well as France. I'm still working in the game in a management position... At a super rugby team. Hmm. I captained my country 
to a successful victory against the British and Irish Lions. Who the hell was? Who was? Uh, oh, who was the captain? Um. Oh goodness me! Do you want to start again? <laughs> uh, I I am I am John Smith. John Smith is correct. Oh, yes, good. Come win. on, very good. Which super rugby uh, side is he with? Uh, Sharks, I think he is. Oh, fair play. I was thinking um, Larkham, and then oh, I'm not sure if he kept them. Never mind. <laughs> Useless. Very good. So two one. Oh, good game. <sighs> Winter term. Good game. Devastated. Absolutely devastated. Should we briefly talk um, as we're talking about uh, people moving to different roles and all the rest of it? Cockers quickly to Toulon. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice move. That was really quick as well. Great almost move like, for Cockers. Almost like they knew it was coming. That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Come have four months on the south of France while you you know weigh up all the various offers that will come your way. He's a fluent French speaker. Ah, yeah, he's oh, the time because he spent a couple of years at was it Clermont or Cast? Sure uh, it it's Clermont. Clermont, but when they used to be called. Uh, Montferrand. 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 Why yes. were they called that? Why are they changed? I, I don't know. Uh, I think it might, it might have been. Was it an amalgamation, amalgamation don't know. of two and, clubs? I don't know. Answers on postcards. Yeah. yeah. He used to have a dolphin, didn't he? Is there, was sure. that? Oh, it is it's the rugby section of multi-sport club AS Montferrand. So Clermont. So the, the full title is Association Sportif Montferrand Clermont Auvergne. Oh yes, it's ASM. That when you when are their Twitter? Yeah, ASM, ASM. ASM. Um, so yeah, r- brilliant. And, and I think, uh, and any suggestion that that some people might have gone, oh well, Cockers and George Ford um, never got on, so Mike Ford won't get on with him. Well, I think Mike Ford can see that see the benefit of it. I don't think that was the case, was it? I think they uh, there was a couple of comments some people pointed that thought mm. that Cockers, Cockers had made. After he'd gone to Bath, was this? Oh yeah, they were yeah. not. They were not happy about it. No. I mean, like you know, he was their prized possession, yeah. and he'd played a losing role in a Premiership final. Uh, I think it was that against Harlequins, either Harlequins or, or, or Saracens. Saracens. But you know, Maybe. you've got an eighteen, nineteen-year-old playing fly half. You don't. <laughs> it's safe to say you don't want to lose him. Yeah. Uh, so, because presumably, uh, presumably Leicester would have got the academy credits for George Ford. I know. Mm, I, don't I know. know. He, I know. He travelled about. Yeah. But. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's a, it is a weird one actually because I assume that Cockers didn't have a great relationship with um, Ford Senior purely because um, purely because of that transfer because obviously it was uh, orchestrated by, by Mike Ford. Yeah. I wonder if uh, the sweetest of all ironies though we get to the end of the season. And Bougelot says, Do you know what? I can't quite like this Cocker character to be the headman. Uh, yeah. Slow hook, Mike. It was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Mike Ford, Mike do Ford's not go on holiday. Mike Ford's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's being Mike Forded. That'd never happen to me. Surely no one else would ever do that. <laughs> uh, hmm. I do the usurping. I don't get usurped. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I bet, well, I bet Castro was glad that he moved on uh, in good time. Because uh, that, yeah. that, <laughs> that's, that's someone who definitely doesn't get on with Cockrell. I do wonder if, like, everyone talks about Richard Cockrell being. Um, you know, real salt of the earth, hard working. He's all about honesty with players and grafting and and, and all the rest of it with his forward pack. Uh, I think he, he might be in for a little bit of a shock with the culture in Toulon. Might <laughs> yes. <laughs> See you Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring a flipboard. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Anyway, really good. Really good. Might be going down to uh, interview him 
next Ooh, weekend. Ooh, that is exciting. Um, with the sale um, Leicester game. I don't know. Uh, it's Leicester. Too long game. So, yeah, sale to one. See, I can't stop thinking about Richard Cockle as a Leicester guy. Yeah. Are you looking yeah, forward yeah. to watching uh, the best team of ball in hand in, in Europe? <laughs> uh, Tillon haven't been that good. Uh, yeah. Um, another bit of Leicester news that broke last week. Mm-hmm. Tuolagi confirmed on Monday or Tuesday out for the season out for yeah well somewhere between six and nine months Min- they're, they're talking about oh, many well spent the guy cannot catch a break well the problem is he catches too many mate um, we we uh, just well, you know, is it a surprise is it re- really a shock it's not massively shocking given the last three years it's just it's just miserable isn't it it's so disappointing speaking from someone who spent a lot of time being injured it is it's so frustrating, and I remember uh, coming back from months on the sideline with an ankle injury, got back to fitness, got back to some form, played maybe six or seven games, and then did my shoulder um, AC joint in my left shoulder and was out for the rest of the I'd missed the first few Is months of the season. Is there something physiological, do you think, with some humans yes. where they're more prone? And, and oh. I don't understand why they're more prone to it. Is some it... people are more injury prone. Yeah, yeah 100%. The, the reason behind it, no idea. Oh, no, no, like, with think... too, too, too Lange, I can imagine it's just that he's his muscles are too strong to keep themselves attached you know, to his bones. Yeah, me and Too like... definitely. <laughs> you say it jokingly, but I do think there's, there's something in that. Yeah, that's... I this is just a you know, just a throwaway theory, okay? But I think that players who are in extremely good extremely good shape, well well conditioned, they must have additional stresses that fatties like me don't. So if you look at in like a Premiership squad, you might have the natural guy who is like six seven in the second row, never picks up an injury because he doesn't have to be in any shape, he isn't isn't particularly well conditioned. But the conditioned guys always tend to. And one of the things I was most upset about with the Tuolangi thing is he's come back so. So much smaller, lean and mean. Yeah, yeah. I thought you know that 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 lack of extra mass might actually help him. Yeah, shows what I know. Yeah, so yeah, it's just it's frustrating from all angles because we've not seen him. We've not seen the Tuolagi that we saw before 2013 for three and a half years. Mm. Um, it's just so frustrating because he's, as well. No matter who you support, whether you're an England fan, whether you're a Leicester fan, he is or was three plus years ago one of the most talented players on the planet one of the most disruptive abrasive talented all-round players so it's just it's frustrating does he need a um uh, does, could he do with joining up with Cockrell and Ford on the south of France for them <laughs> their magic rejuvenating powers it might not be a bad move from you know I think France I think a change of scenery would do him the world uh, doing doing the world of good he's still still, still only 24 He's been surrounded by England and all the English pressure and all the injury pressure. And every time he comes back, it's like a big, you know, it, it's pretty much a bank holiday. So I think they, I actually think if he went away and kind of rehabbed and found his form for the next two years in a French club, it's not a, a terrible idea. I think a French club or certainly somewhere on the south coast where it is a little bit more relaxed, yeah, like JB says, I think that would be a great, great move for him. Great I don't move for think Leicester. It would be a great move for Leicester. I do not think that Richard Cockrell will be putting his hand up. He's been bit, bitten by that snake once already. Well, a few times already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he does. I think he needs to get away um, and do something different. Uh, what, what's, let's stay in France for a second because Racing in that rearranged game against Munster, um, which rearranged after the death of Anthony Foley, of course, um, got, they got pumped in Paris. Absolutely 
humped by yeah, Munster. Destroyed. Uh, yeah, destroyed. This was so one-sided, I didn't even bother getting to the end of it. Uh, I didn't learn anything new about this um, about this game, about any of the players. Colin Murray's class knew that. I actually did learn he's got a much better kicking... The thing is, the thing about Colin Murray that I learn every time I watch him is how much better he is than I originally thought. <laughs> he just keeps getting he better. Just keeps, he's just an incredible... It, yeah, incredible, incredible player. I'd, I'd recommend anyone has a little look at Ronan O'Gara's post-match chat. Uh, very, very honest. Um, he And one particular quote I've got here, he said, the scary part is we have to go back to Toman Park. That Ooh. could get embarrassing. He looked dejected, utterly just frustrated. And also, I noticed that he's talking like he was separate from the players and other coaches he was sort of talking like in a funny way it was like speaking about it very much from kind of an outside perspective like when they go to Munster I, I know what the I know what the answers are. no he's probably going it, it sounded like someone who's going no one's listening to me and it's uh, it's all going wrong no one's paying me any attention no one's doing what I want they all think they know better and I, I'm only completely yeah. speculating and I guess yeah. that, that is, if you if you watch it I think you'll see what I mean yeah and I guess the real the real test for him is not when it's going great with all the superstars but you know times like this but to go from finalists in two competitions winning one of them yep. losing the other to just out of all of it is well yeah they may you know less um, less to be racing next week the, yeah and they're ninth in the top 14 at the moment yeah missing their um golden goose uh massive goosen. difference golden goosen exactly uh, Usen. yeah that, that can't be good can it having no. that kind of disruption you, you sign him for a, what was it five hundred sixty thousand euros a, year, a season yeah by the way that kicked in on monday what did the, his new contract kicked in on Monday? He's a commercial director of a no, no. South his African. his new big contract with Racing kicked in on, on on Monday. Oh, did it? Yeah, didn't show up to work. <laughs> Legend. Well, Racing have been very careful with that they've been saying all the time he's still registered for Europe. He's still available and available for selection. They've been very careful. So to... are they still p- paying him though? Yeah, they've been very careful to to keep oh, him. They will pay him until so it, they're going to go through the courts, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Until they get the. Decision that it is a breach of contract on his part, which would presumably there be a termination clause on. So what's he doing on his? How? Not that anyone cares about this who isn't in this room, but if they are paying him, right? Yeah. And he's paying tax on that money. Say uh, PAYE doesn't exist in France, right? But if he is getting tax on that money, and then he's found to be uh, in breach of contract, does he get to give all that money back, plus the tax, plus damages? Uh. Probably just the money plus damages and the. What, what about the tax? Well, it's taken. Off, it's taken off at Racing's end, isn't it? No, it was taken off on his end. If I pay you a million in France, you write them a check for half a million, and you keep the other half, and then I sue you for that million back. Where? <laughs> I, I, I do not. I, we don't need to know the tax. No, situation. It's that time of the, it's that time of the year, Phil. It's, it's, it, anyone self-employed or in that sort of area, this is the time of year where you start thinking about tax. Uh, Dave Jackson's just tweeted us to at Rugby Podcast, and just a little bit of light relief after that. Uh, following on from JB's rant about hipsters and vinyl, <laughs> I've just seen this. <laughs> um, there is a new type of restaurant, and this has popped up in Soho, JB. <laughs> is this wait. is this Soho London or Soho New York? Soho London. Uh, it only sells crisps and dips and it's called hip chips it sells <laughs> different types of crisps uh, weirdly this one's right down my street probably my favourite mm. food is is uh, crisps look at that. they do look very good crisps hip chips I'm 
I'm not completely adverse to this. I, I'm very hungry at the moment. Yeah, they look, I, I, they look incredible. We need to see some more hipster clientele inside it to get JB angry. Some some lads in beanies and where was I the other day, which made me angry? Carhartt cord trousers and um. Yeah, that, it'll come back to me. Uh, I was very angry somewhere that I was. The, hmm. Oh no, hang on. I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. That, how about some transfer speculation, gents? Go on. Right, so we spoke about Owen Williams last week, didn't we? To Gloucester. Gloucester. Four, 400k is the, is the rumoured amount. Big money, that. They're also linked with Matt Todd, uh, comes out today in the review paper. Um, Neil Neil Fistler put it put it in his column. Oh, I didn't have that one. Oh, we did have Rapava Ruskin and, uh, before yeah. him. Yeah. That's Which I, I do think there's probably been discussions, but they seem pretty set at seven. Yeah. Tell us after the pod. Nope. Mime it. Do it in a like nope. Um, nope. charade <laughs> No one's finding out any more about that chat. Uh, <laughs> although, in lighter news, of course, the George Ford thing looks almost more certain than it ever has before, which is fantastic for it's everyone. It's a sale? Yeah. Fantastic for everyone except George Ford. No, absolutely not. Did you see him this, uh, well, this bank, weekend? His bank balance. Huh? Yeah, his bank balance would be very good. Oh, it'll be, to home. no! It's going to be great for the inti- for the entire prem. Do you think he'll just sign for a year and then take his pick of anywhere else? No, maybe. Actually, I don't think that's a terrible suggestion. But I think there's enough going on in sale to keep him committed to, to three. I would say, may, or maybe two with an option. Mm. Um, I was looking at Carl Eastman today playing for Wasps and thought he might fit in very well to what to, to what Sale do. Um, with George Ford, it it will be good because it makes Sale relevant to more people than just us, ju- just, just us three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just you. Uh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, so it it can't be a bad thing. Um, where, where should we go next, Philip? Well, the other transfer news is Finn Russell. Oh, of course. To somewhere in France. Is possibly, that going to happen? Possibly. Well, I would suggest that. There's a few French clubs who could offer him more than the SRU and Glasgow could offer him. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the right move... is that the solu- f- could, it, could it be the solution for Leicester? Hmm, that's interesting. Could it be the solution for Bath? Well, that's more the one. interesting. That's the interesting one. So there is there is a big difference from, being, from going from Scotland to England than Scotland to France um, in terms of the number of games you play. And in terms of the access and availability the players have, because a lot of the a lot of the Premiership clubs release their foreign players for the entire kind of foreign window. So, like uh, Maitland, for example, will be going back to Scotland uh, for the full training camp. So, there's definitely an advantage of going to Leicester for him and for the SRU. Or Bath probably, it's or probably Bath. an even better fit. Yeah, Bath would be a great fit actually. He's not too dissimilar to George Ford in the way he plays, what he manages the game. Um, I don't think it'd be a particularly good move, other than his bank balance going to France. No, I agree. I Everything about France is a little bit inferior when it comes to like the club structure, whether it be training, the whether well, it be the coaching, me- you know, medical. Not, not the catering. No, the catering <laughs> is far superior. Yeah, and nutrition. I'm not, I'm not talking rate. just about the whole French cuisine. Just surely the 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 amount of. Fatty products mm. and uh, lovely. Well, you, um, oh. Was it ke- ketogenic or what's the what's ketogenic? Ke- ke- ketogenic won't well, won't be a problem. Yeah. No, because you to be ketogenic, you can't have any carbs. Oh, that is a problem. Real problem. Yeah. No, you can live on pate, can you? 
you could, I'd give I mean, it a, if I'd, you just had pate and cheese, I guess that would be. I'd give it a go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a go if, if you want to give it a go next week. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get the heart bypass booked in for uh, next summer. Yeah, I do think this is an enormous blow for Glasgow if it happens. Yeah, uh, it's a big blow for Scotland. They will still get him back, but maybe not the same access. But it's a huge blow mm. for Glasgow because he is playing so. Well. I mean, you you saw when Glasgow travelled to Paris when Racing was still very much in the competition. And he completely outplayed Dan Carter. Um, he did it two weeks on the bounce, actually, because mm. the return leg, he did exactly the same. But I think it's a massive blow for them. So I, for the state of the game, uh, I kind of want him Terrible to... Terrible for the Pro 12 as well. Yeah. For the state of the yeah, game and, a, yeah. and the, the even distribution of players, for the Premiership, it, it would be a massive coup. And if he goes to France, I think it's just... The sorry, state of, sorry state of affairs all round. Yeah, the... Um... Yeah, I think he looked quite nice at Bath. Although, oh, yeah. yeah. The other thing about him as well is he is a cracking player, but he's cracking in the system that Glasgow run with with the coach that builds everything around him. And I just wonder if there might be a certain element of like AJ McGintiness, <laughs> which is if you're very good in a system with a, with a very good coach surrounded by players that suit you, and then you come to England to a completely different different system you might find that uh, the grass isn't necessarily always greener I think there's quite a lot of similarities between Bath and Glasgow yeah in that sense uh, maybe mm, uh, yeah I do think they play a similar brand of rugby yeah. you, like, like you've got Rocco and Anthony Watson in your backfield just the same as he's got Tommy Seymour and Stuart Hogg in your backfield there yeah. in, that, in that back line yeah, yeah. I mean, it, JJ and Mark Bennett yeah yeah and, yeah. okay fine yeah um, there's definite parallels Trying to fit him into maybe something like I don't know a Saracens machine or yeah, but that's that's not a bad fit. And lastly, is Lee Hoppenny has apparently been made an offer by Wales. Yeah, he's been made uh, the bet, which means if he turns it down, he will have to be one of Warren Gatland's two overseas Isn't players. Isn't that just so in Gatland's rubbish? Law. I, mean, I don't yeah. know what the money is, but the. the what, what, what the W? What, what and someone from the WRU? I can't remember who it's who it said said he's going to have to have a decision between his head and his heart, which pretty much oh, said he's going to have it. to decide: does he want cash or does he want to play for Wales? Hate it. Yeah, they, they've described the best possible offer that they can make, which is obviously considerably less than what Toulon can make. Yeah, um, I, I I really dislike this because they as their perceived market value. Well, here's some news for you, WRU: the market value is what what. Whatever someone is prepared to pay, the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah. So you know, them putting a tag on it, like, oh, this is his market value. It's idiotic, and uh, uh, something's gone on in Wales this week. Something to do with like club restructuring and the and the WRU. But quite frankly, I'm not interested. Just tell me when they're playing decent rugby. And it's a bit, it's a bit like going uh, right. We've got t- uh, an estate agent say we've got two people that want to buy a house. Um, one of them will pay you double, but the other one will pay you market re- value. But, but they're a re- yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one of them will pay you um, double the other one, but but the one that will pay you double a really questionable character are you sure you want them living in the house that you used to live in it's not even it's not even it, it is like well the one that's half we think that's market value so you should probably take that yeah uh, head or what? heart mate head or heart <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> professional sport get over it so yeah um, yeah I'm not particularly interested in Welsh issues at the moment so we'll move on uh, do you want to say anything about either the the uh, Gloucester battering of Worcester or sales more marvelous, marvelous narrow defeat. Oh, Harlequins against. narrow win. Um, a great Harlequins team. Uh, so, well, let's let's briefly do this. 
Gloucester, um, I'm sorry, so yeah, let me rattle through this. David Humphreys said that these three games over the Christmas New Year period were season-defining. They threw it away with the first two really disappointing defeats. And then, just like typical Gloucester, when it's kind of already gone a bit too far past that point where their season's already been defined, in David Humphrey's <laughs> yeah. words, they then pull out this spellbinding performance against Worcester. It is okay, it is okay. Uh, it's Br- not okay. Bristol got a, yeah, Bristol a really spirited, narrow defeat, picked up another losing bonus point to close the gap on Worcester to just a, a point. Bristol point. staying up, I'm sure. It puts Worcester in a really perilous position. Yeah, uh, and Sale got a losing bonus point. Did they not get two? They don't finish within seven and get four tries. No, Solomon got two, McGuigan, and that was it. That was it. I, I think. think no, I'm I think that, sure was, that it. was it. Mm. Um, so, you, oh, maybe they did get two. They're on twenty points anyway. Uh, so yeah, it does feel well. That result certainly makes it feel like it's slipping away from Worcester and Salem Bristol are in the ascendancy. But Worcester's Sale result last week against Quinns, Sale still haven't won. They, yeah. played, they played better, but they did play better, uh, but, but, they, but against a poor Quinns team. A Quinns team missing eight or so internationals and losing Marla before kickoff and Evans five mm. minutes into the game. Although Sweel showed some wheels. Yeah, well, it was interesting actually because I can't remember who it was. I heard talking a little while ago who said that Sweel was the fastest man in the squad. Really? Yeah. yeah. You hear the same things about Sprioni yeah, though. Proper gas. It was um, what's his name, the former fly half who's now their backs coach. Um, oh, the former uh, London Maple Irish Toft. Maple Toft. Yeah, it was him. He said Swills is the fastest man in their squad. So he yeah. certainly showed it. Solomon. Uh, yeah, you're right. Only three tries. God damn it. Uh, yeah, I thought that, that, uh, that there's four. Uh, Solomona, four tries in three games. And a disallowed try. And a disallowed try. This guy, I think, is going to be really, really something. Um, not only that. If, if if there starts to be calls for him to play for England, I will. My uh, my piss will boil. Well, that's exactly <laughs> I, what I, I, was well, I'm about to I can't to be doing with this. Like, he's, and, and I don't want to be. I'm not being all bloody. Uh, what's Britain it called? First. Little Englander. Britain first, yeah. Little Englander. But it, it, it just the integrity of what it means to represent to your country British. is ruined. Um, and what. And what what it means to pull on that rose well, I, I don't is think ruined. He's nearly Denny, qualified. Denny I, don't, I think like his, what, he's got one year's residency, or I, I don't think he's got any claims to play for England. But you well, know, on the current laws, he will have an because he's, he's been at Bradford for a year. Castleford. Castleford. Sorry, Castlefield. No, Castleford. Castleford for a year. Anyway, well, you know who is eligible to play for England? Who had a tremendous game again? Uh, scored a try. Yep. Made a hell of a lot of yards with ball in hand and was kicking sticks again. Mm-hmm. Jason, will Addison. Jason Woodward. Yeah. Jason Woodward. No, Will Addison, will, I reckon, will play for Ireland one day. Uh, I don't think mm. he'll play international rugby. Well, no. okay, fine. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Woodward, why, why not? He can, he, can, he can play for England tomorrow. He's not capped. I think his mum's English. Or... Uh, mum or grandmum, I think. Yeah. Grandmother, I think. It's on. Well, so he, he is English qualified and ready to play and bloody good too. He could be that gap to bridge the um, fullback conundrum from Mike Brown to the the youth of tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I, no, I'm really excited by him. I, I'm I'm more in Tim's camp on this one, but uh, I wouldn't completely close my mind off to the idea. Uh, he's a Woodward or Solomona. Woodward, Woodward, that is. Uh, no, if, oh, he's well, the if he's qualified by like by family, birth, yeah, family, family yeah. game on. That's no different from anyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I I I know in in the in the 
What, what? In the year we've had Brexit and everything, people will get well touchy about this. Tell me this. When did you um, turn it... Turn into from, you. Yeah, when, <laughs> when did you go from a left-wing populist into a right-wing populist? <laughs> uh, I, just, I just love my game. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Make the grit, make the game, make rugby great again. <laughs> yeah, ragger. <laughs> right, fixtures. Yeah, oh, you back to Europe. Yeah. So, again, because the clubs and TV and viewers and attending fans can't be bothered with the Challenge Cup particularly. Neither can we. Neither can we be. So we apologise. The message if your club is in the Challenge Cup is just do better. Yeah. And then then, <laughs> then you'll get more coverage. Uh, we could mention the fixtures, but don't um, bother. Don't bother. No, but no, no. It. But also in the Champions Cup, we can kind of just skim past the ones that aren't. There's not a lot riding on it. Nothing. Only mention the Challenge Cup fixtures, which are from Tier Two nations, because they deserve it. Yeah, you're Every, right. Everyone else doesn't. Yeah, how are NSI getting on in there? Yeah, in I want to know about NSI, and that's it. I'll find out. I'll, I'll, I'll get onto that. You, you take us through Challenge Cup, Rob. So Challenge Cup fixtures. Let me just get these up. Oh, I say that. I say that. I say that. Cup. This year, I, uh, this week, I care intensely about the Challenge Cup. I, I care oh. so much oh, about wow. the Challenge Cup. Sounds about sounds... the cha- Challenge Cup. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I've been looking forward to going to see uh, going to work at Bath Bristol for. Are you doing Bath Bristol as well? Weeks. Yeah. So you're doing Bath Bristol. You're doing Paris, and then you're doing Toulon. Yeah. Oh, what a life! <laughs> what a life! Jet set. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna be seeing a uh, stadium. Oh, I'm Airport. just going to be seeing stadiums yeah, and trains. high-level sport. <laughs> my so TV mates. High-level, yeah. Uh, hanging out with Ugo and Flats uh, and Nick Mullins. I'd rather yeah. be, in, be, in, be in your dingy basement, JB. <laughs> right, okay. Right, fixtures. Friday night, Leinster hosts Montpellier. Uh, now, this is pool four, mm-hmm. in which both teams can still qualify. Yep. Leinster top the group with Montpellier just behind them. And are they going to Montpellier? It's in less. It's in Dublin. Leinster, Leinster. big Leinster. Leinster, yeah. uh, Leinster, but Montpellier will make it very difficult. Do you, do you think the way they play rugby, they play a suffocating, controlling mm. forward. They've got an enormous forward pack, but and an enormous backline. I mean, assume you know, I assume Leinster aren't going to rest their whole squad. Um, and if they don't they play such scintillating stuff I mean if they go two or three tries ahead or you know maybe or maybe it's like ten points in like the first quarter if Montpellier try and open up it it, it could get messy Montpellier never try and open up no Mm. Montpellier will keep this a low scoring game but Leinster to win Leinster Leinster will win and I think they'll win comfortably which will put them on 21 points and in pole position for one of the home quarter and semi. So what if Montpellier yeah. win? Well, then they'll they'll probably be level or just behind Leinster. Okay. Yes, they'd just be behind. And, and still, and that would mean only, definitely only one of them will go through, which is probably going to happen anyway. But okay. Then uh, we have got on Saturday in, from Pool One. We've got two games. We've got Glasgow Munster, mm-hmm. which is Big. a massive game. Massive. So again, these two are at the top of the pool. Yeah. Um, Munster are top now. Uh, my uh, the tab- think, table I'm looking at hasn't updated. Uh, yeah, Munster are on 16 points. Yeah, top. Um, Glasgow with 13. Glasgow with 13. Second now. Both if, with three if, from four. If Munster can lose and still qualify, Glasgow probably have to win, or at least get a couple of points. 
Yeah. To, to, out of the game. Yes. Just to have a chance of qualifying. But Glasgow at home, are, it's a very, very difficult They've place They've both to won go. three, lost one. Yeah. So Munster have picked, the three bonus points Munster have picked up have been massive. I think yeah. Glasgow win this. I think Glasgow as well. Yeah. Because you know, everyone has sort of been supporting Munster. You know, everyone, you know, everyone's kind of got behind them. And Glasgow were the first people to really get a hiding at, you know, at the start of this whole process. Good I, point, actually. They got revenge. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a revenge mission here. Then the other game in that pool is... Which I'm working at. What? Dead Rubber. Dead Rubber, oh, yeah. Rassing Leicester. Yeah. Not a bad uh, city to go and watch a Dead Rubber match. Yeah. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that. No, we don't. I mean... Theoretically, Leicester could still qualify if they got two bonus point wins because mm-hmm. they could get to eighteen, which would no- often see you through. But, but it's n- not not this year, mate. I don't no, know. probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. Theoretically, you're right. Yeah. Actually, going back, looking at where the runners up are at, probably Glasgow could even lose and still with a bonus point or two bonus points and, and qualify, as we said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then pool two. We've got Connacht versus Zebra, which Connacht... So Pool 2 is very interesting because wow, you've got Ross, Connacht is... and Toulouse all, all on 13 points. So Connacht at home to Zebra, bonus mm. point win to take them to 18. Then Wasps host Toulouse massive. at the Rico. This is massive. Mm. Wasps Wasp who again. have 19 consecutive home wins. I think Wasps will batter them actually. I'm not entirely sure that there's. I'm not entirely sure this is going to be as close as close as people make out. The we- wash weakness. So they've got s- defensive question marks in their backs, and there are question marks over the pack. I mean, when when Leicester turned the screw, they got a few scrum penalties. Gendron Cole did. Do you think so? This enormous to to lose. Do you pack. think that is more a symptom of how fast and how much wasps exert themselves early doors rather than being a weak pack? I mean, if they played a different way. I don't think the, the pack is nearly as vulnerable as no. maybe pe- maybe people think. I think they've spent nowhere near as much on their pack as they have on their back line. Mm. And they've know. got a good, solid, well-drilled under Dai Young. It's always going to be a well-drilled pack, but they uh, don't I mean, have... Who, who do you, which position group do you look at in Wasps and say that that's weak or could be improved? Uh, props. And what, Mellon and Marty Moore? I think that's pretty no, decent. No, it's, it's pretty it's decent. No, no, it's decent, yeah. But, but it could be improved. The, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, uh, I think they're probably the best. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Um, yeah, I actually think that this heavy lumbering to lose pack is going to be stretched. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be run off the field. There's no way. I, well, okay, hear me now. Don't believe me later. Uh, <laughs> oh. I think this will be a fairly large wasp, wasps win. I'm going for a wasps win. But fairly large wasps win. Uh. They've, they're incentivized to get a bonus point I think because of the, the way the group is. So yes, bonus point for. I us. think this is the first real. Bearing in mind we're we're looking ahead towards the end of seasons and knockout stages of competitions and playoffs. Um, and Wasps have got big game players, but this will be a, mentally. This is a really interesting test because there's a lot riding on this, and and this this will be a really good measure of uh, of. Of where wasps are at, yeah, and we you, know they can play amazing rugby, mm. but actually winning those. Do you know what the big difference is between this year, last year, and the year before? This year, the the weight of expectation is on wasps to actually win something. Mm. Previous years, they were kind of plucky, plucky underdogs that played ni- 
played ni- played ni- nice rugby. Well, they can't claim that now because they've spent a bloody fortune. Yeah. yeah. Wasps, wasps, wasps win. Wasps do have the advantage of next weekend <clears throat> they travel to Zebra. Mm-hmm. So you'd expect them to get five points in the bag guaranteed from that fixture. Yeah, so. so Wasps are probably qualifying regardless. Yes, for, but for I, I still think Wasps will want... They'll want to top it. They'll want to top the overall... they want to qualify Connacht, as Connacht will be desperate for Wasps to win. Yes. Because Connacht then could could lose and still go through potentially. So yes. Anyway, against Toulouse in the final week. Um, go on then, Phil. The n- final game on Saturday, although it's not final uh, time-wise... Is Pool Four, Northampton cast, which is a bit of a dead rubber again. Leinster and Montpellier are the two great hopes in that team in that pool. So, yeah, uh, cast, cast, can cast, potentially they'll yeah. probably have a crack. Cast theoretically could, yeah, um, but <sighs> unlikely. Yeah. Um, so on to Sunday, Sunday Pool Three, which is the Saracens at Toulon Scarlet Sail Pool. Scarlets host the unbeaten, the only unbeaten team, Saracens. Yeah. Yeah, could get messy. Now, quick question, you know quick question yeah. from the Saracens game. Don't want to go into the incident. Do you think Barrett might get sighted? He, ha- he has Yeah. Been. Has he actually been sighted I believe now? so. I don't it's, know. It's, it's until Sunday night they've got oh, so is that right? now. Oh, okay. They've, I've not seen the news, but we've not we've been podcasting for the last yeah. however long. I thought gone. you were going to say something else, then, which is have Saracens lost their edge. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because no. um, um, yeah, th- th- there is p- potential for Barrett to get sighted uh, and miss this game alongside Barrett, Baz Barrington, and if Saracens lose. Barrington, they've already lost Michael Vanapola. So you to Sit- uh, or was it? Was it? Uh, Titi Lamassetti, the what, American. What did I just call him? No God idea. Knows. No, <laughs> no idea. Titi. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, they're down to him. Yeah, because they're missing both the Vanapola boys. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's, again, we could probably have another chunk of time but we've got the Six Nations getting closer but like more England players out England uh, Eddie Jones is going to be having a couple of head scratches isn't he yeah with Haskell concussing himself Ugh. Rob Shaw that was horrible concussing yeah. Haskell yeah. Concuss- concussing himself uh, Rob Shaw, Rob Shaw out. needing surgery it's a good job Tom Wood is playing quite well good job Mark Wilson's playing well Clifford's out as well who would have been one of the options Don't yeah anyway Anyway, so uh, Toulon host uh, Richard Cockrell's first involvement will be helping to prepare Toulon to play Sale at home. Fight, they'll roll them over. Yeah, Sale. Nothing. Sale concentrating on the league now. Nothing. They're, they're, they're uh, just as you. There's how many teams are there with zero points? Racing ninety-two zero <laughs> points. Zebra zero points. Sale zero points, and that's it. And Sale. Uh, Mike Phillips effect. Sale have scored the fewest points in the competition, with twenty-nine. In oh. f- from four games that's ugly uh, but Scarlet Saracens I expect Saracens to go there and win but Sa- Scarlet showed it against Toulon that they're plucky and, and in the Pro 12 they've been playing well they're, you know, they're, their man Ospreys are in the top four yeah, yeah. they got a good win against uh, against Ulster despite that heinous uh, yellow card for Reedy um, no it's alright come on <laughs> uh, and then pool five which is also quite an interesting one well, actually, I was going to no. say it's quite an interesting one. No, it's not really. Claremont, 17 points, who will qualify. They travel to Bordeaux. Bordeaux do have a chance. If they get two wins from the next two games, 
uh, they could qualify as a runner-up. But Bordeaux Clermont, which I'm saying Clermont, and Exeter Ulster. Again, Ulster theoretically do have the chance to qualify, but I can't see it. Saracens Exeter and will, the, the, will the one thing to think about is Saracens and Clermont bonus point wins will mean. Am I right in saying this? Bonus point wins mean they could potentially tie up home quarter final. So it's a home quarter final. You but can't not necessarily a home semi. You can't home country gar- semi. Yeah, you can't guarantee a home country semi, no matter where you finish, because it's the as we we struggled and struggled oh, with this, yeah, but it's right. the it's the biggest upset uh, from the yeah. quarterfinals yeah. gets the home. Yeah. Semi final. Yeah, God, let's let's only get into that when yeah, we get there again. Def- oh. Oh. So definitely not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and right, that's, and that's it. Right, and that's the rugby. Looking forward to it. Um, just thank you very much. We've been getting loads of comments and stuff and tweets. Uh, ben Davy, for example, tweeted at Rugby Podcast. Manu to the Pro Twelve. Loads of recovery time. Not much competition. That's an interesting <laughs> shout as well. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> shout. No, because. So the team, so if you went to Ireland, the IRFU will only protect their own players. Oh, yeah. So he'll just be putting the firing line at all times. Yeah, against Zebra and Dragons. Oh, no, because they'll, they'll play their... They'll play, they'll, their, they'll re- play the stars against Zebra and Dragons. Yeah, and they'll rest their players in the meat grinder at Munster and in Glasgow away. And Yeah, do you think they've got like a little pack? Which away. is like, look, we'll, you play your first team, we'll play our <laughs> second team. When you come back and visit, we'll do, we'll do the, the opposite. We just guarantee the, the same clubs in the top four every year. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Robert Sharp, uh, sorry, Ian Ian R Sharp on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. JB, are those wasps socks? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and your and someone else said your uh, your sock game is literally spot, spot on. Spot on. Well oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we we should also mention Cornerstone, Cornerstone Fantasy Rugby Draft as well. The Super Rugby opens next year. If you've got a team, put egg in the title. We will be drawing some stash soon. And also on the the fantasy rugby draft, they now have a game lock, or they will have a game lock for the next game week. What does that even mean? Rather than a game week lock. So until now, you uh, half an hour before the first kickoff of the weekend, yep. the Bath Newcastle game this weekend, mm-hmm. um, you have to lock your entire team. Now the players are only locked until just before their team plays. So for example, if you had two fly halves. Who were both playing on in the Sunday game? Yeah. Uh, so you had uh, Owen Williams and uh, yeah, Gopeth, yeah. both playing in the Sunday game. You could switch them out five minutes before the Sunday kickoff if Owen Williams gets an injury. Mm. And it's been brought in more because there's late changes in the Super Rugby. Not because Tim's been on to Bruce at saying that he wants <laughs> some rule changes to suit, to suit his team. No. Um, some other comments and stuff. Just uh, Ben Davey says, not knowing what Ellis Genge did is killing me. <laughs> Six exclamation marks. Well, JB... Um... Tim will just probably tell it on Facebook Live. <laughs> no secrets on Facebook Live. <laughs> um, right. Uh... <laughs> That's a great... Uh kind of teaser just watch the full hour and a half Facebook live video you might <laughs> yeah. you might get something uh, and oh, the last thing as well um, the week after next Saracens are playing Toulon at Saracens right yeah now there is the London Scholars game going on in Royal Artillery are we going to play in yeah, the some, game James Parsons is uh, on the Facebook live stream has said um are you still attending the Scholars v Wigan Capital Challenge on the 20th? I heard a rumour JB and Tim might be lacing up the boots to trial some rugby league in a support well, game. We've got three tickets 
to to the dinner. Um, when you, is it? It's on the twentieth. It's on a Friday. So I doubt you can come because you're incredibly busy. Yeah, I'll, I won't. Be, I won't be able to make that with work. But you might be down there. I, I, I yeah, and I, I'm I'm working on the Saturday in Leicester. So I could get down there for the, for the day, I guess. Anyway, this is this is uh, yeah. this is not pod worthy. This is sorry, sorry, sorry. It is, it is because if you attend the game, uh, it's at Royal Artillery, which is meant to be um, meant to be pretty cool anyway, because that's in that's in the city. And it's also attended by Mike Ford, which also means it'll be attended by by Cockers and the Toulon and the Toulon players apparently. So if you want to get a sneaky peek of the Toulon players a day before day before they play, they should be at Royal Artillery. Um, as long as I get in the queue for the food before Bastard. Yeah. I, I, th- yeah. I think you and I, if we play as well, we will play prior to the Scholars-Wigan game. Play rugby league. Rugby league is easy. Run straight. <laughs> yeah. Just run straight. Yeah, I've got room to count to five. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to borrow Phil's dad's whippet. Got <laughs> <laughs> some pie and pee wet. Yeah, perfect. Bobby Z. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Facebook. If you want to watch the whole video and see JB's strong sock game once again, yeah. <laughs> Phil's top line stash game. Um, yeah. And in, in the meantime, just tell your mates, leave a review on iTunes, get your Cornerstone Razor using the uh, egg 10 at checkout, get your fantasy rugby draft team sorted out for the super rugby season. And uh, and there, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Top work, JB. Thank you, Tim. Well done, Philip. Thank you, Tim. In a bit. <laughs>